And hello to you, and welcome to the Richard Nichols Podcast, the personal development podcast series that's here to help inspire, educate, and motivate you to be the best you can be. I'm psychotherapist Richard Nichols, and this is episode 186. It's titled Words and Language. And if you're ready, we'll start the show. Hello, people. Yet another episode? Yes! And today's episode brings an end to the extracts from that live stream that I did. So this one is the fourth, and although you probably could get away with listening to it in a, in a different order to how it's all come out in, you don't necessarily need to go back to the first June episode, which was 183, and listen to it in order. But if you did... Maybe it would make a little bit more sense. You might get more out of them. From July onwards now, I'll be back to the monthly episodes again. Um, unless, of course, you're a patron on patreon.com. And then you get one from me every Monday morning anyway. But you already knew that. You don't need me to, to harp on about the amazing difference that you can make to yourself and the world if you became a patron and went to patreon.com forward slash Richard Nichols, do you? You don't need me to harp on about that again, do you? The link is in the show notes if you do. Now, today is called words and language because now that we're adults, the words that we use are one of the one of the best ways of training the brain how to react, how to think, which then ultimately then controls how we feel if you give it the right circumstances and enough repetition. Like I was saying in a previous episode, can't remember quite which one it was, we could do with paying better attention to how we talk to ourselves because we do listen. Even if we can block out the external influences, we're not deaf to our own inner dialogue, are we? So we need to be careful. We need to be careful how we talk to ourselves because we are listening. Like I say to my one-to-one clients in the clinics that I work at, because I, I ask people this question, you might have heard me say this, because I have said this on a podcast before. And maybe I'll put it in my book, probably. If I were to accidentally knock over my glass of water, how rude would you be to me? Would you call me any offensive names? And they usually say no. So I say, well, would you be kind and sympathetic with me? And they go, yes, of course. And I go... Well, what would you say to yourself if you accidentally knocked over your glass of water? How rude would you be to yourself? Would you call yourself any offensive names? And they usually say yes. Now, I know that my world is is filtered a little bit because the only people I'm going to be asking that question to are those that have come for therapy in the first place and they've probably got some issues to work through. So you might not do that sort of thing. You might actually be really nice to yourself, for all I know. Either way, have a listen or a watch, if you're watching this on the YouTube version. Um, As this is the last section of a live stream that I did over video. It was Facebook, Instagram, and I did it over YouTube. So you can watch, you can listen, and I will talk to you again at the end of this episode. So I'll see you later. Now, sometimes when when we talk to ourselves, questions come up. And the thing about questions is that they always have a response. Not always a good one, but there's always a response of some sort or another. 
And how we ask those questions can either be quite empowering or it can be quite disempowering. So it's a good skill to be able to ask in empowering ways automatically. It's not easy, might actually be a bit of a challenge, especially if you've had a lifetime of negativity. But with practice, you can change some of those questions and encourage yourself because um, there are more empowering questions that can then give you more empowering answers. So when you've had some sort of challenge, some sort of problem, what sort of questions do you ask yourself? Are they even proper questions? Are they rhetorical questions? Sometimes these questions, they lead us down the wrong path, you see, because the only answers we have in our minds are based on unhelpful programming. I'll tell you what I mean. So if you ever ask yourself, why is my life such a mess? Or why am I always overdrawn? Then the only place your brain goes to are the reasons for having the problem rather than the answers on overcoming them, if that makes sense. Because if you're not careful, the only answer you have is something along the lines of, because I'm useless. And that's not going to improve the problem. If the questions you ask, and therefore the answers you get back, are more productive, then you can, you can, you literally have the ability to change your life. Might only be 1% of the time, but you're on the right path. So instead of, why is my life such a mess? Or why am I always overdrawn? Things like, what can I do differently? And how can I learn from this instead is really important. You're not going to reply with, I'm useless then, are you? Instead, it gears you up for something different to happen next time, which creates hope, optimism. Because remember, it's not what happens to us in life that steers us in one direction or the other, but the way we, the way we react to it. And there's often better ways of reacting to a lot of what life throws at us so that we can add value to our lives rather than taking value from it by lowering our sense of self-worth. So what sort of questions should we be asking? Well, if you need to ask yourself something, try and make the words as positive as you can. Even if something's gone wrong, ask, what steps can I take right now to change this? Or what's good about this? that I hadn't thought about until now. By directing your brain towards better questions, you're then directing it to come up with better answers. The things you say to yourself about yourself are gonna affect the way you feel about yourself. Like I said earlier, the biggest framework about cognitive behavioral therapy is that loop of thoughts, emotions, and behavior that feed each other. Round and round it goes in this never-ending loop of self-hate, if you're not careful. And I get it. I mean, after all, why wouldn't you tell yourself that you hate yourself if you did something that's destructive? And why wouldn't you do something destructive if you're feeling awful? And why wouldn't you feel awful if you keep telling yourself that you hate yourself? And what to interrupt is going to be different for everyone and every situation. Sometimes it's the behaviour that you need to interrupt. Because you might not realise just how influenced how influential what we do is over how we think. But the brain has only one place to go when you try and predict the future. Unless you deliberately try and change it, the first place your brain will go to is the past. In order to answer that unconscious question of what am I going to do next? That's when your brain asks, without you realising it, what did I do before? 
and this is totally unconscious you see that's where our emotions come from the unconscious frustrating because obviously the past can't be changed but it's influencing how we unconsciously think which then influences how we feel which makes us repeat the same thing over and over again so sometimes doing something different deliberately even if the behavior doesn't match our conscious thoughts it gets the ball rolling other times it's changing how we feel that's not easy but remember all emotion is based around the fight or flight response you've heard me say this before i'm sure in my podcast the anxiety response whether that's guilt shame anger humiliation impatience whatever the sensations in our body those changes in adrenaline and cortisol and temperature and heart rate it's all about fight or flight and diluting that down with a few deep breaths it decreases the sensations which gives you a feeling of control so you can maybe practice thinking differently and maybe then ask yourself what steps can i take right now to change this because the thinking is the biggest issue i'd say because we live in our head we live in our thoughts and in the words that we use you know the english language if you count slang probably has about a quarter of a million words yet the most common 1000 of them take up 90% of what we use on a daily basis and when i researched this because i don't just make this stuff up i do fact check i thought that's pretty lazy thinking about the same 1000 words makes up 90% of what we say but 1000 words isn't that many when there's so many to choose from so why do we keep using the same ones because it's easy and our brain likes routines it's effortless to fire off the same neurons as you always do and your brain is efficient it wants you to conserve energy and use as little of it as possible so it encourages you to always do what you've always done and therefore always get what you've always got which is fine if nothing needs to change but if you always use the same words to describe your experiences of life and you need to start using different ones it's not going to be easy it's not impossible it's hard work but it's hard work that pays off because you might not want to live in the same experiences because they elicit emotions that lead to anxiety or depression and you don't want to live there you want to live in experiences that elicit either positive or bare minimum fairly neutral emotional responses it's not much to ask is it you deserve that much don't you you're not a serial killer are you you don't kick dogs to death for fun on a saturday night do you of course you don't at least christ i hope you don't <laughs> you deserve to be as nice to yourself as you would be to others and the words that you use not just in your head but the words you actually say will steer you in the right direction if you do it properly because the words and sentences that we use they have associations labels do you know what the most disliked word in the english language is have a guess phlegm crevice no some of you um probably already sense where i'm going here because you might already know what the most disliked word in the english language actually is so i've given you enough notice here are you ready it's moist moist the most hated word in the english language weird really because foist is all right and so is joist and hoist so it's not in the way that it sounds even though it is quite jarring 
a word but we just don't like the word moist and this has been researched i'm not making this up there was a paper published an exploratory investigation of word aversion at um, some college in ohio they found that 20 percent of people equate hearing the word moist to the sound of fingernails being scraped on a chalkboard which just gives me goosebumps thinking about it because of the associations that we've got with it and we know that it's the association because a cake being described as moist isn't as bad because we like a moist cake compared to a dry cake but without the cake it's just the word moist and we don't like it it makes our brain think about feeling moist and that's not nice there are very few situations where that's pleasant i'm gonna not i'm not never gonna use that word again now it's freaking freaking me out <laughs> moist so this association is called anchoring the word is anchored to something else and you might have lots of anchors that trigger something we use that phrase don't we trigger something is a trigger word and that's why because words trigger emotions and that can be used to our advantage as well but the meaning behind words is different to everybody if you know that the phrase okay actually means something else to you then don't use it if someone says to you you know how you how how was your day and you automatically say yeah it was okay if in the unconscious processes of your brain that means it was a bad day that's going to drag you down but if you always automatically say yeah it was okay which in your unconscious process means that it was good yeah it was okay then you'll feel quite cheery like i say so often there are no rules you do what works for you but if it can become habitual when somebody asks you how your day was to automatically say yeah it was great because even though you were overworked and underpaid you did your best and now you're home and the day went by pretty quickly you're going to find that you end up looking for reasons to think that your day was great you'll remember that janet who's normally an absolute pain in her backside was celebrating a divorce and she brought in some cupcakes for everybody oh and you had that really difficult customer that you were able to talk down from escalating a complaint i don't know but if you can train your brain to work in this way by deliberately steering yourself down a better path you might find that we can all live happily ever after righto then you lovely folk i hope you've enjoyed june and this slightly different format to the show this month it's been different isn't it especially if you've been if you've been watching it rather than just listening to me for a change but it's it's good to shake things up every now and again and do something different especially as you've been listening for as long as you have maybe um when i've been doing this for 10 years now literally yeah because this all started in the summer of 2010 with just a, a tiny handful of people just a few folk if i'm honest they were all my one-to-one therapy clients who may well still be listening to me today if you're not sick of me after 10 years of this actually whilst i'm on the subject this is a this is a better time than any other really to um to to mention this seeing as there's a video version of, of this out so it can can really feel like i'm talking to you specifically i'd like to thank you thank you for your for genuinely for your support over these last 10 years because this podcast would be pretty pointless without you and it becoming popular didn't happen by itself it came from you telling people about it reviewing it in your podcast app and spreading the word either in person or through social media 
like I was saying to a colleague recently who was helping to get their uh, therapy career up and running, they're just starting out. You can be the best in the world at what you do, but if the people don't know that you're there, the phone's never going to ring. And the only reason that this podcast became the success it did and spawned a book deal and then my Patreon stuff, all of that was because neither of us gave up on the idea. I didn't give up on doing it and you didn't give up on listening either. So I've got a lot to thank you for. I really, really do. So thank you. Genuinely. Genuinely thank you. Anyway, this wasn't where I was expecting it to go today, but I'm glad that it did. So here's to the next 10 years. And I'll be back next week anyway, as it's the first of the month next week. Enjoy what's left of June and I'll speak to you then. Take care.